Welcome to the Master Passive Income Podcast, where we talk about investing in real estate rental properties with a special focus on making enough money so you can quit your job and live the dream life. And now, here is your host, Dustin Heiner. Hey, what's going on, guys? Welcome to the Master of Passive Income Show. My name is Dustin Heiner, and I'm here to help you learn how to quit your J-O-B, that just overbroke job, by investing in real estate rental property so you never, ever have to work a job again. Now, I wanted to share something with you. It's actually been pretty disappointing, but I planned on taking the entire month of December off. Well, I actually did take the entire month of December off. Actually, as I'm releasing this episode, it's the end of December. It's the last uh, Tuesday in December. Now, what's sad is I actually got sick twice. I got to tell you the story so that you don't do what I did. So number one, it wasn't the coronavirus. But the first thing, like December 6th or 5th, now, over the weekend, I decided it was time to have chicken and barbecue it. And usually, I barbecue everything. It goes really, really well. But this time, it wasn't that the barbecuing of the all the chicken was bad. What happened was I had chicken breasts, and inside the bag of you know frozen chicken breasts were little tiny little pieces of chicken. Long story short, they were little slivers. And I put all the chicken on the grill, and even the little slivers. Now, I, being the barbecuer, I was like, man, I could taste the fruits of my barbecuing. And so the chicken breasts are cooking just fine. You know, I'm cooking them long time and making sure all everything's killed off. There's any bacteria or whatever. But the little pieces, apparently I didn't cook those long enough. I started eating those and apparently there was enough seasoning on there. It looked like it was cooked, but it wasn't. Long story short, I got salmonella poisoning. It was horrible. Now, let me give you an example if you can imagine this, of what it actually felt like. If you guys have ever seen Guardians of the Galaxy. Now, Guardians of the Galaxy number one is fantastic. I really enjoyed it. Guardians of the Galaxy number two is what I really want you to think about. If you remember at the very beginning, you have Drax. Drax and everybody else, they're fighting this big monster that flies out of the sky that wants to take these batteries. And um, the Harbor Larry batteries, I think is what Drax called them. They're trying to battle this big thing and Drex says the, the skin is too thick on the outside. I've got to go on the inside and cut it out from the inside. So he runs and jumps with his knives and goes inside the belly of this big thing. And you see him inside of the belly of this big alien just hacking away with his knives in the guts of this thing. Well, that is literally what it felt like having the salmonella poisoning. I felt horrible. I was literally out for 10 days. It was so horrible. So I will absolutely thoroughly, thoroughly cook every single piece of chicken. Now, the good news is nobody, literally nobody else got sick because I only ate these little, I was like five little tiny slivers of pieces. I was like, you know, I'll just eat these while I'm cooking because they were, thought they were done. But everybody learn from my mistake, thoroughly cook everything. I thought I was immune or I thought I was like, man, I'm Superman. I got a, I got a rock hard stomach. Everything will be fine. No, no, it was horrible. So literally 10 days in December from like December 5th till the 15th or 16th. And I was still horrible. I lost like 15 pounds. It was bad. Next thing I got sinus infection, like five days later, got sinus infection. So long story short, it's been a long December of sickness and I literally never get sick. And my goodness, apparently it was a good time to take December off from doing anything. I literally didn't do anything other than being sick. So my goodness. Well, 
here, I'm actually feeling better today. So I'm actually able to do the podcast with you. So I just wanted to give you that cautionary tale of cook your chicken thoroughly. And my mom told me that all the time. You know, make sure you don't defrost it on the counter. Make sure that you don't, uh, you know, you cook everything thoroughly, all that sort of stuff. And I didn't listen apparently very well. So it was horrible. So take it from me cook everything. You're probably thinking, yeah, Dusty, you're stupid. I can't believe you actually did that. I know I am stupid. Now I am realizing the error of my ways and I will never, ever do that. But like I said, I'm really glad I didn't give anything to the chick, to the kids, you know, any little pieces of chicken to the kids or anything like that. But all the chicken breasts were cooked fine because I cooked those for like 10 minutes on a slow cook. Anyways, they were delicious. Oh my goodness. But I'm alive and I'm praise the Lord I'm alive. But man, honestly, for a time there was like, I wish I was dead. Drax is literally destroying my inner. <laughs> it was horrible. Now I am 100% glad that I'm done with that now. And I do want you to also realize as this is the end of 2020, the year 2020, which none of us will ever forget because it was literally a horrible year. But for investing wise, it's been great for so many of my students. And I want you to think, okay, 2021 is starting. We don't know if it's gonna be good or bad. Let's do our best to make it better. If we had just one rental property that made us $250 a month in passive income every single month, that would be $3,000. Imagine making an extra $3,000 in 2021. Or if you had two properties, that'd be an extra $6,000 a year in passive income. Literally, you don't work and you make money. This is what I want you to think about. Don't let another year go by. Don't let... 2021 go by, even if it's horrible, even if the world's burning, burning down, real estate will always be there. It always has and always will be. And people have to live somewhere. You will absolutely be so glad, so thankful. I get students all the time thanking me up and down just because I've helped them to change their lives. Trust me and trust all of them. You will be so much more happy if you just get one property, because once you get that first property, the next property comes like a domino right after so much faster than the third, then the fourth and fifth and sixth. I have one student in like, I think it was like seven, eight months. He already has three duplexes. That's six units already. And one of them, he's even making $700 from one duplex. And he only has $2,000 of his own money in the deal because it's using other people's money. I want you to change your life. I want your 2021 to destroy and goodness, like be so much better than your 2020. Now, I also want to give you the encouragement that you can do this because I can teach anybody how to invest in real estate, but I can't get them over or get you over that hurdle of making the decision to do that. You have to be the one to do it. Now, an easy way for me to help you get a big leap in the right direction is to give you my free real estate investing course It'll definitely get you down the direction of investing. It'll basically say or get you to think, I'm going to do it or I'm not going to do it. It's really going to help you out. Get my free real estate investing course. Text the word rental, R-E-N-T-A-L to 33777. Or you could even check the description. Go to masterpassiveincome.com forward slash free course. And I would literally give that to you. Text the word rental to 33777. Now, there are principles that you need to have in your real estate investing business that are really gonna help you to invest anywhere in the country. In fact, even anywhere in the world. Now, when I coach people how to invest in real estate, a lot of questions that come up are, will this work in my area? Will this work in my state? Or will this work in my country? Well, what I love to do is I love to show people how to fish, like teach them how to fish rather than giving a fish. Like, Here's a fish, here you go. 
I don't like doing that. I wanna show you and everybody else how they can actually have these principles in the real estate investing business so that they would not lose money, they would make money, and be able to quit their J-O-B, that just overbroke job by investing in real estate. And when you are thinking about investing in your area or in another state or all over the country or in another country all over the world, these principles are really gonna help you to understand how to make money every single month, how to have passive income, create a business that runs itself. And you always hear me say over and over again, you gotta build the business first. And every single piece of property, the property is not your business. Your business has inventory and those property, the pieces of properties are your inventory that you put into the business. The first major principle that you must always follow is to make passive income every single month. Now what that looks like is you buy a house and you add up all your expenses. That could be your, your mortgage, your insurance, your taxes, your property manager, any HOA or homeowner association fees. Basically add up all of your expenses and get a total. Then I want you to get your rents, how much you could rent the property for and figure out what that is. And that you're gonna be able to get that number by hiring your property managers, which we'll get to in a little bit, but you're gonna be able to know how much you could actually rent the property for. And there's a great reason why I love real estate investing on top of the passive income every single month that I don't work and I don't have to have a job. I quit my J-O-B. Another one is that it, it is very, very simple. All you need to know is addition and subtraction and a little bit of multiplication. It's really that simple. You add up all your expenses, you subtract your income from your expenses, that's your passive income. So if your expenses are $1,000 and you're renting the property for $1,250, well that difference there is $250 a month in passive income. That's after all of your expenses are paid. So when you're buying a property, you wanna make sure that you are buying properties that are making you $250 or more in passive income. No matter where you invest all over the world, you wanna be doing that. Now, when I said multiplication, if you had one property making you $250 a month, if you had 10 properties, you know, multiply that out, 10 properties, that's $2,500 a month in passive income. If you had 20 properties, that's $5,000 a month in passive income. 20 properties is $60,000 a year in passive income. Wouldn't that be amazing? I know you'd be able to quit your job at $60,000 a year in passive income. So make sure, number one, that you're investing for passive income, making cash flow every single month. Now, the second key point that I want you to make sure as an investor is to buy properties lower than market value. Now, remember, we're investors. If Even if you don't have a property right now, you need to keep in your mind that you are an investor. What we do as investors is we buy the house at a lower price point so that we actually make money. Well, you say make money, you're like, you don't actually put money in your pocket, but you capture equity. Let's say you buy a house and they're asking $150,000, but you actually put an offer for 120, you work your way up and you negotiate, they come down, you buy the house for $130,000. In fact, you just pocketed $20,000 in equity. Remember, $150,000 minus $130,000, that's $20,000 in equity. Now, us investors, we do not pay full price. In fact, we're always negotiating. In fact, one of my students, I just interviewed her, and you'll see her on this channel as well, where she actually bought a house. They were asking $260,000 $260, for this house, and she knew, well, I'm an investor, I'm gonna offer lower. She offered $210,000 thousand dollars. Can you believe that? She offered $50,000 less. Most people would say, man, I have to offer at least what they're asking or above. No, she offered $210,000. 
negotiated, got him down to, I think it was like $230,000. She pocketed $30,000 in equity because she is an investor. Now you can utilize that when you refinance in the future. If you do a cash out refinance, all that sort of stuff, buy the property where you're gonna be capturing the equity so you buy the house lower than it's worth so you capture equity. And the third principle that I want you guys to remember is that when you're buying a house, you want to buy a house that you can force the appreciation up, force the value of the home up. Now, what that's gonna look like is you buy a house and on that street, it's probably not the best looking house on the street, so there's room to fix it up. You put some money into it, make it worth more, make it more valuable, and then it's actually worth more. Now, what it would look like is you buy a house for, let's say, $120,000. You put $10,000 into it, you know, cutting the grass, painting the walls, getting new carpet, doing some nice little, you know, cosmetic type things, not some major remodels. You're just putting $10,000 in. More than likely, the value will go up another twenty dollars or $30,000 on top of the money that you put in. Now, you bought the house for $20,000 and then put $10,000 into it to make it better. That's $130,000 you have into the property. More than likely, the value, if you get an appraisal done, it'll be worth more than what you put into it. So it's one hundred twenty dollars plus $10,000. That's $130,000. More than likely, it might be worth $150,000, $170,000 because it's a better valued house because it's more appealing. Now, what you don't wanna do, you do not wanna buy the best looking house on the street. The reason why is you cannot force that appreciation up. It's already up. You're already paying top dollar for that house. What you wanna do is you wanna put your own work into it. Actually, not your own work. You wanna hire people to do all the work, which is what I do. It's why I literally work 30 minutes a month with all my rental properties. I literally have 30 plus properties and I only work 30 minutes a month, if that. And I just look at the statements and say, okay, everything looks good. Put it away and my property manager do all the work. Now, if you want to get started investing, I wanna actually give you my real estate investing course absolutely for free. If you go in the description, go to masterpassiveincome.com forward slash free course. I will give you my free real estate investing course showing you how to find an area of the country anywhere to invest, how to make sure you have an automatic business, buy the right properties, be able to scale your business and make $250 a month in passive income. Do that right now, masterpassiveincome.com forward slash free course, or you can even text the word rental to 33777, R-E-N-T-A-L to 33777. Now, as you are thinking about forcing the appreciation up, there's another thing that you need to be considering. And the fourth thing that you must do is know in advance what your expenses are going to be for the property. Now, when you're buying a rental property, the last thing you want is an unexpected fee. Unexpected fee like an HOA fee of like $100 extra a month. That's gonna dip into your passive income very, very high. We don't wanna do that. We wanna account for every single expense. Now, these could look like your mortgage. Obviously, if you get a mortgage, you're gonna have that. What if you have PMI, which you actually have the, the private mortgage insurance? If you have to do that as well, you have to pay for that as well. Your insurance your taxes, if you have a homeowners association, if you have a property manager, if you're paying for the utilities, you gotta account for every single one of the things. And a big one, here's a big pro tip I'll give you, double and triple check on the taxes. I invest in Houston, and the first property that I bought in Houston, I accounted for the property tax in Houston in the county was $1,200 a year. Fantastic, I'm gonna be making a lot of money in passive income. And then my first tax bill came. I got the county tax, it was $1,200, but then when there was a stupid city tax, it was like $3,200. So I had $3,200 extra coming out of my pocket. So, oh my goodness, good thing I was making a lot of money in passive income. The property's still doing well. I just got hit with it. So learn from my mistake. You wanna make sure you account for all the taxes, every single tax. It could be a county tax, city tax, municipality tax, local tax, 
uh, school bond, whatever it might be, you want to make sure you account for every single tax. Now, all these expenses, you line them up, you make sure you account for them, double and triple check. Here's a quick tip I'm going to give you. You want to be overly conservative on the higher end. So if you think that your homeowners association fee is going to be like $120, maybe bump it up to $130 just in case. Now it's probably fixed, but I like to be I like to be more prepared. I like to be surprised. Oh, here, here's an extra $10 because it's less than that, which would be great. Same thing with like homeowners insurance. As you're getting homeowners insurance, you might actually get a quote, but when they come back after they did an inspection, the quote's different. It's actually less than what you're actually gonna have to pay. Things like that. So you want to be overly conservative on your expenses. And the fifth thing is to make sure that you are investing in an area that has demand for your property. Now let me give you an example. If you're gonna invest and buy a house like in the middle of the desert, like literally all sand, nobody's living for like 100 miles around, if you're gonna buy a house there, you're gonna have a hard time to rent it or the Antarctic or the North Pole or wherever like that. If you're gonna invest someplace where people don't live or don't really choose to live, then you're gonna have a hard time renting the property. You wanna make sure there's good demand for your property. In fact, when, as I teach people in my Real Estate Wealth Builders, my group coaching, all my courses and everything that I do that I teach people how to invest, I show them every single way that they can find a property. And as we're looking for properties, we look for population density. Are there, is there a lot of people in that area? If it's one town that has 100 people, well, there's probably a few people that would actually want to <laughs> rent out the property. So you wanna make sure there's good demand for the property. Now, that would bring into thought of, well, is there population pe you know, people coming in? Is there an outflux of population? Those are a little more hard to gauge. There are some, uh, I guess, websites and statistics from the government saying what's going on there. I personally, I don't take much too much stock in that. I take stock in my property managers, my realtors, my inspectors. I take stock in what they say because they're re really, you know, they're the boots on the ground. So what you want to do is you want to make sure you're investing in a place that has high demand for your product. And your product is your property. Good properties would be like, you know, in the middle of Manhattan where it's going to be like $10 million for a little one-bedroom apartment. That might be a good property, you don't wanna do that. You wanna buy good investments that take care of everything else from getting passive income, capturing equity, forcing the appreciation up. You wanna make sure that you are buying good investments that are gonna be making you money every single month. Now I've had some people join my Real Estate Wealth Builders who had invest in the past. They were taught by somebody else. They said, just buy a good, a good property, buy a good property and then you'll do fine. Well, they're realizing that they're actually losing money because they didn't do it right. They didn't buy a good investment. They bought a good property. Now, we don't invest in good properties. We invest in good investments that make us money in passive income. Now, don't get me wrong. A good investment is a good property, but our criteria is not a good property. Our criteria is a good investment, one that can feed our families because we have passive income coming in every single month. That is a lockdown security that's literally attached to the ground. It can't be taken up by, other than a hurricane or something like that, but we have that asset literally attached to the ground. And we want to look at properties that are good investments, not good property. And the seventh principle that I'm gonna give you, and you must do this, I learned the hard way. In fact, most people learn the hard way, learn from my mistakes and everybody else's mistake. You want to do a background check on every single tenant out there. Every single tenant that applies, you absolutely must do a background check. If you don't, I'm gonna smack you upside your head. I'm just joking, I probably won't do that. I'm gonna say, I told you, always do a background check. Let me give you an example why. Now, one of my properties, it was a few years ago before I started doing background checks. I got a tenant in there and they actually had to move out within a, like one or two months. They couldn't pay their rent for whatever reason. It's because I didn't do a good background check, didn't weed them out. Now, 
fast forward a little bit, maybe one or two years, I realized, shoot, I got to start doing background checks. What I actually did was I did a background check on every single person. And there was one lady who on the application looked phenomenal. Great employment history, great, you know, living uh, or, you know, previous uh, places that she lived at, had stellar reviews, references, plenty of money, all that sort of stuff. Looked great. I ran a background check. I found out she was evicted four times. Can you believe that? Four times in the last three years. And I told myself, I'm not going to be the fifth landlord that actually has to evict her. So I passed on her because I knew she was a risk. And I only knew that because I did a credit report. Now, here's the big thing. You might be thinking, well, they're not going to pay for it themselves. And I don't want to pay for it. I kid you not. $35 for a background check. Even if you have to pay it yourself. I paid that one myself. And it's so worth it. That $35 is going to save you. $1,500, $2,000 or more in eviction fees, lawyer fees, in cleaning up the house, carrying costs, not getting your mortgage paid, all that sort of stuff. I would much rather spend $35 now and save $2,000 later. So make sure you do a background check. And the eighth thing that I want to give you is you want to make the property rent ready. Make the property rent ready, not the best house on the street. Now, let me give you an example of what that would look like. Let's say in every single house, it's regular countertops, not granite, just, you know, the, the flimsy stuff that everybody has, and there's just cookie cutter type home. And if you go in and buy granite countertops and put them in there, you're going to spend about three, $4,000 for the granite countertops. It, you're, don't get me wrong, your tenants will absolutely appreciate it. They'll like it but you're not gonna get that much more rent. You might get $25 more in rent because it's a little nicer with the granite. How long is that $25 gonna take to pay off $3,000 in that work? It's gonna take a very, very long time. So what you wanna do is you wanna make a property rent ready that's comparable to all the properties on the street. Now make it a little better, which is makes it nicer. People want to live there. I would personally rather, instead of increasing the rent because I put a lot more money into it, I'd rather keep it the way it is or make it nice in the area, but decrease it a little bit. So instead of spending $3,000 to get granite countertops, I'm going to spend $0, just wipe them down and clean them up, make them look good, and lower the rent by maybe $5, $10 so it's comparable. So that's a big pro tip. Don't overspend. You want to spend under. At the same time, the pro tip is to charge a little bit less so that price is attractive. I got to be honest with you. Tenants, they look at your house as, hey, I can just move out anytime I want. You want to make sure that they understand that they have a good deal. This is a good property. Now, you're not having a slum. You're definitely not doing that. You're making good properties that are comparable to the area, but you're also making sure that this property is actually going to be making you money, not over-costing in the rehab to actually never make your money back in the rents. And the ninth thing that you need to... That's a lot of fingers. But the ninth thing that you need to know when you're investing in real estate, and I talked about this a little bit about it in number one, the first part that I actually shared with you, what you want to do is when you're investing in real estate, you're going for passive income, but here is the bare minimum that you need to get from every single property in passive income. You want to make sure that you are making $250 or more in passive income every single month from every single property. Now, remember, that's the least amount that you can get in passive income or that you should get or shoot for. Now, I have properties that make me $400 or $500 or $600 or more in passive income, the bare minimum is $250. Now, I've had talked to other investors. In fact, some students had come to me and they're wanting to know how to do it right. And I show them how to do it right. They maybe have bought a property that was making them $50 or $100 a month in passive income. And they're concerned. They're like, how come I'm not doing well in my real estate investing? And what I share with them is that their minimum of $100, let's just round the numbers of $100 instead of like 50 or 75. Let's just say they had $100 a month in passive income. Well, if you think about it, $100 a month 
after the entire year, 12 months of you making that income, that's $1,200 a year in passive income. Now, imagine if you had one property not be rented for one month. That's a lot of money that you would have to pay and not receive money for that month. Let's say the tenant moved out and you need to fix it up. You also need to have carrying costs, which means pay taxes, pay insurance, pay your mortgage. That's a lot of money. Well, let's just say your mortgage is $1,000 a month for that one mortgage. Well, that eats up literally the majority of your entire, your entire yearly profit that you make. So if you're making $1,200 a year in profit, then $1,000 is taken up from one month of the tenant being out. You only have $200. That $200 doesn't go very far, for, you know, feeding your family, putting a roof over your heads or paying for gas or anything, you know, in your car. That doesn't go very far. $200 does not. If you then instead, like I tell all my students in my real estate wealth builders community, where I literally teach everybody how to do this, I tell them you want to make sure that you shoot for a minimum of $250 a month in passive income because $250 a month in passive income, that is $3,000 a year in passive income. Now, $3,000 a year, that goes a long way to pay for, you know, if the tenant have moved out and you have to fix it up or the furnace goes out or there's a plumbing leak or whatever. Obviously, we account for that in our repairs and maintenance budget that we actually put aside for as an expense. We do that as well. But on top of that, the reason why we have $250 a month is because it's a buffer. It's a padding to help us to make sure that we're not going to go broke, that we're not going to be losing money. Now, I know people are going to say, oh man, Dustin, that is so hard to get $250 a month in passive income, especially even with the way the market is right now. How do I do that? I said, yes, I completely understand that. You're an investor though. Investors figure out the ways to do that. In fact, my students are literally doing that. I have a, I have many students who have done this many, many times in the last couple months, buying properties that make them a minimum of $250. In fact, one of my students literally just bought a property for $50,000. And at that $50,000, he's making $700 a month in passive income. On top of that, he refinanced the property, pulled all of his money back out. He's literally into the deal, only $2,000 for this property. And with the mortgage, the insurance, like all of his expenses added up, he is still making $700 a month in passive income and only has $2,000 in his own deal. And that was just recent. Like you might be thinking, oh my goodness, how are we doing this right now? They are out there. Now, what you want to do is you want to find these properties that are all over the country. I personally suggest the Midwest, down in the Southeast and the Carolinas and Florida. There are a lot of great properties, but at the same time, the markets are everywhere. Deals are everywhere. We just need to look out for them, actually find them. Now, the 10th thing that I'm going to give you, and you have to do this, and actually I have a whole entire another video on how to actually do this, because this is crucial. Do not miss this. This is something that you absolutely must implement into your business. Run your business as a business. Now, what that looks like to run your business as a business, and this is absolutely crucial, is to actually put in business processes and procedures that your property managers are going to do for your business. I'll give you an example. The rent is due on the first. This is what you're gonna tell your property manager. Rent's due on the first. Then on the third, it's late, or after the third, it's late. So they have those three days to make their, their um, rent payment. If it's late after that, then they get a late fee that they have to pay. But as soon as the fourth rolls around and they haven't paid, you put a three-day notice on the door. And this is legally, you have to do this. If you're gonna do an eviction or kick them out or anything like that, you have to do a three-day notice. You put a three-day notice on the door. From there, you wait the three days. If they still haven't paid, then you have the, 
I guess, legal ability, like you're not gonna go against the law, you will actually be able to go through the eviction legally and go through that process. Now, here's the great thing about this. If you put this for every single property out there, so every, I have 30 plus properties, so every single one of my property managers knows my criteria. As soon as that three-day notice is up and they haven't paid, start the eviction process. Now, here is a huge pro tip I'm gonna give you. Write this down, you wanna make sure you know this. As you are going through an eviction process, you want to make sure that your tenant pays for every single fee. The eviction fee, the lawyer fee, the writ. The writ is something that the sheriff, you actually pay the sheriff. Long story short, every single fee to get them evicted, if they want to stay in the property, you must, 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 must make them pay for every penny of those fees on top of that. The late fees and the rent, they have to pay all that if they want to stay in the property. That's a huge pro tip that he must give you. Now, as you're running your business as a business, you're gonna be implementing this into your business. Now, here's the great thing. You obviously worry about discrimination. As a landlord, you don't wanna get hit with a lawsuit like you're discriminating against somebody. Well, this is the ultimate not discriminatory action. Like, if you're treating everybody the same, I don't care what color, what race, whatever, whatever they are, everybody is literally treated the exact same. So what you're gonna be doing is saying, I am literally not discriminating against anybody. If you don't pay your rent, you get kicked out. If you do pay your rent, we're fantastic. I'll take care of you. So that's what you wanna do. If you follow these principles, if you actually implement these into your business, you're gonna do so much better. I literally learned these principles the hard way. I lost so much money, 20, 30, $40,000. I want you to learn from my mistakes. You know, they say a smart person learns from their mistakes, which is absolutely true. But a wise person, a wise man learns from other people's mistakes. So learn from my mistakes, do this, as well as get my free course. And also I have my real estate wealth builders membership where I wanna show you, I literally coach you in my group coaching and a success, student success program, all five courses that I have, everything is there. So check that out as well. Go to masterpassiveincome.com and you will check out my real estate wealth builders. It's all there for you. It's a monthly membership and I wanna get you investing. This is the end of 2020. Don't let another year pass by where you don't change your life for the better. All right, guys, we'll see you next week. Make sure to cook your chicken. We'll see ya.